are times that there are people that come across your path that you'll never forget. And I'm telling you today, I am honored to introduce to you. And if you would stand to your feet, please give a freedom welcome to Pastor Phil and Carol Mendito. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? How many know God's good? I, uh, yes, I love your enthusiasm. I want to introduce you to my wife, Carol. Would you stand? And uh, we work as a team. And uh, we have worked as a team for so many years. And I'm thankful for her, the wonderful gift that God's given you. And uh, thank you, Pastor Cruz and Alicia, for those kind words. I, I remember uh, being at a funeral one time. I don't know if it was happening to you, but they, are, they were going on about the deceased. And they were saying all wonderful things about the deceased. And I kind of knew that deceased person more than they thought. And I wanted to go up and see if they were talking about the same person in the casket. But seriously, thank you for your kind words. And uh, you guys, I remember back when you were a young evangelist, we often would have him at our church there. And, uh, and he just blessed us. And he's going to be with us again in a, in a couple months for a men's conference and plus for Sunday service. And it's just a great day. Amen. I want to congratulate you as a congregation. Ten years is great. Amen. And uh, yeah, give, your ha- give yourself a hand today. And, uh, you know, you can't do it. Can't do it without a good congregation. Amen. And uh, your giving, your service, your love, your welcoming people in. We have felt real welcome here today. Everyone has had such a genuine smile. And, uh, and I never walked into a church before where I was ushered into a war room. And uh, uh, we have a prayer room back home. I'm going to rename it war, home, war Room when I get home. Amen. It was great just to see people gathering in prayer and believing God to do great things. Great things have happened these 10 years. And I commend you. And I commend your pastor and his wife. And uh, there's a lot of work. Uh, uh, this young man that was up here a few moments ago said it right. There's a lot of things behind the scenes you just don't know. There's a lot of phone calls that come in the middle of the night that you just don't know. And there's uh, many times that your pastor and his wife have walked the floors praying in the middle of the night for God to use this church and to use you as a congregation. Sunday, it seems like everything is the glitter, but the hard work is done during the week. And uh, when prayer and sacrifice and the family, uh, thank you. Uh, for uh, thank God for the family and the children that are also work as a team, and uh, we have two daughters and they worked as a team and and uh, and to make it happen. God is good, and uh, I want to uh, uh, one just thing I want to add it. Um, it's it's interesting. I never thought we would be beating something at Philadelphia Christian Center. We started out um, our our church was known well. We would tease about it as the only church with an orange roof and green steeple. But, and because we met in Howard Johnson's ballroom. And uh, so I know you wondered where I was going with that. Amen. But uh, the start in the bingo hall, you have me beat, brother. Amen. In the Philadelphia area, bingo halls are more sacred than the churches. And uh, so uh, that, that was very interesting. Amen. We thank God. You thank God for where you've been. Amen. I said you thank God for where you've been. And, uh, but where you've been is one story, but where you need to go. Amen. 
where you are going. Amen. And uh, Alicia, I want to thank you for the sweet spirit of praise we felt in this place today. Uh, you have an awesome, strong voice for leading in worship, and you led us right into the presence of God and in the worship. And I want to thank you for that. Amen. So where do we go from? Yes. Where do we go from here? And uh, we thank God for where we've been, but uh, now we must move on. Amen. Everything that we've done in 10 years, we got to just keep doing, but even better. Amen. And so I want to speak to you. I was praying and, and I thought to myself, God, what do I say to at a church anniversary? I've only done, I think, two of them in my lifetime. And uh, what do you say uh, to a church that's been faithful and you see the blessings of God around you? And I want to share with you a few moments uh, today about moving on to the church that God honors. I want to speak to you about moving on to the church that God honors. Now, make no mistake about it. God has already honored you. Amen. The blessings are evident. The presence of God is in here. And uh, uh, you folks know how to praise God. I felt like home today. Amen. And uh, But I just have, do you mind if I share a short, short story with you? Just some humor. Is that all right? Amen. I, I, I read this and I thought it was great. And a mother asked her eight-year-old boy uh, what he had learned in Sunday school today. Did you ever hear this one before? Good, then I'm safe. Amen. And he said, well, mom, we learned about when God sent Moses behind the enemy lines to rescue the Israelites and the Egyptians. And the teachers and, and, and the teacher said that when the Israelites came to the Red Sea, Moses called for the engineers to build a pontoon bridge. And they all barely got across in time because the Egyptians were right behind them coming in tanks and, and armory. And Moses radioed headquarters on the walkie talkie to send bombers to blow up the bridge. And they did all that. And the Egyptians were struck. And that's how Moses saved the Israelites. Well, the mother said, come on, Billy, is that really the way the teacher said it? Well, not exactly, Mom, but if I told you what she said, you'd never believe it. <laughs> Thank God for children, amen? But isn't that kind of, isn't there a truth to that? When we share what God has done, when you share what God has done here at Freedom Life, starting with a small group of people, and, and look what you have today, there are people out there that wouldn't believe it. They would say to you, come on, is that really the truth? But it is, amen. God is working, amen. The church, moving on to the church that God honors. There's a passage of scripture that came to my heart immediately uh, when Pastor Cruz asked me to come. And it's found in the book of Acts. And we read it in Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 40. And it reads, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received the word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Wow, what a day, amen? And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and in fellowship, and in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Listen to what it said. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. That's unity. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and delivered them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. I love verse 47 praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who would be saved. Aren't you thankful for what the Lord has done? Amen. Uh, the church 
has its roots in the Old Testament. Most, a lot of people may not realize that. But the church has its roots in the Old Testament. And what Jesus did in the New, when Jesus came along, he, he put a twist to the church. He added different designations to the church, the, to the gathering of God's people, like we saw in Israel. But he put some designations to it. He called us the Church of Jesus Christ. He called us the Brotherhood. Um, there were designations given to us uh, as the family of God and so forth, the body of Christ. And the church was always called in the New Testament, the body of Christ. It wasn't just called the church. It was at at times, it may have been called the church at Ephesus or the church of Laodicea, but it was always called the church of Jesus Christ. And that's important because as a church, without Christ, we're nothing. Amen. And as I look out here today, this is the work of Jesus Christ. God uses pastors and gifts, and, and he uses anointing upon people. But Jesus is, is the one that really has done an awesome job in our lives. Amen? And I want to say this to you. The church is the visible, solid form of Jesus Christ. We may not, we, sometimes we forget that. It's so important that we be as kind as we can be, as loving as we can be, as caring as we can be. Because the church is the solid form, the visible solid form of Jesus Christ on earth. This community, the only Jesus they're ever going to see is what they see in you and I. And uh, if they don't see Jesus in us, they will not see Jesus at all. So what is the church that God wants to, how do we move on to a church that God wants to honor? Well, if we want to be honored by God, uh, we need to find out what the word honor means. And, and, and if you go and search out the word honor, there are so many designations. But I just want to limit it to one that I believe sums up everything. God recognizes our worth. When God honors a church or an individual, that means he recognizes the worth of that person. I want to remind you today that this church is worth something to God. You are worth it to God. Amen. God doesn't bring his anointing that we felt in the praise service today. He doesn't bring that unless he sees worth. And when God honors you or honors a church, he's showing that he looks at that church as having great worth. And I want you, every time you come in this building, every time, I want you to realize that you have worth. Amen. That this church means something to God. Can I hear an amen? In verses 46 and 47, God honored the church. Look at all the things in the text I read for you. And uh, 3,000 souls were saved in one day. That's quite an honoring, isn't it? And God honored the church. In other words, he looked down on the early church and he said, you are worth it. You have worth and I'm going to bless you. And in the future years, the years to come, let me tell you something, folks. Listen to me. The past is nothing yet. Amen. It's not to be compared to what God wants to do and what he will do in the future. Can I hear an agreement on that? Amen. See, God is going to pour more out. You've seen nothing yet. Watch and see what God will do because there's power in the seed as it's been planted many years ago and God will use it. But as we move on from here, you're moving on from here. It's been 10 great years and you're moving on from here. How can we continue to experience God's honor? We want to continue to experience God's honor. So I just felt in my heart, I just wanted to write a few things down that I believe God is going to honor you for. There's things we can do in our life, in our church. There's things we can do in our lives individually, in our families, and in the church that allows God to honor us, to look on us as great worth. Because God doesn't want to anoint something that's not of worth. Amen? 
And uh, so what can we do? First of all, uh, the church that honors God is not a faultless church. I want you to look at someone right now and say, I'm not faultless. Now, unless you're here and you really believe you're perfect, but I don't think you are. Amen. If you think you're perfect, stand up so we can know who lies. Amen. But seriously, no one's perfect. And uh, I can't even, listen, I, I, I can't even fill volumes with how many mistakes I've made in my life and in my ministry. And uh, you got to keep going back to the grace and mercy of God. Amen. Because without it, we're nothing. Praise the Lord. I love those shirts I'm seeing all around. Praise, your pastor had a shirt on yesterday speaking about grace. I love it. Amen. But God, the church that God honors is not a faultless church. The church is not a place of stone and wood. The church is not a place of brick or siding. The church is a place of imperfect people gathering together. Imperfect people that know without Jesus we're nothing. As a church, we're nothing without Jesus. And you know, you may say, Pastor, I know that. But you've got to really know that. See, that has to be implanted in your head. See, that I'm not faultless. The church will never be faultless. And I'm part of the church. It's the body of Christ. And every day, we need the grace of God. To move on. And uh, the church is, 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 is not a faultless place. Uh, let, let me just give you an idea. It's another little cute story I love talking about how faultless the church is or, or uh, you know, how the church is not a faultless church. But a friend of a boy asked, uh, a, a friend of another young man asked him when he, when he entered Sunday school, he says, I went by your house this morning and somebody in your house was swearing and cussing up a storm. Who was that? And he said, oh, that was my dad. He was late for church and couldn't find his Bible. A little idea, a little idea of how, how the church has its faults. Amen. And, uh, we all have them. And, uh, the church is people who are saved by the grace of God. I'm thankful for the grace of God. I'm thankful for the mercy of God. The mercy that didn't require payment for my salvation and the grace that's taking us through. Praise the Lord. But the second thing that a church can have uh, to be honored by God. A church that God honors depends on the power of God. Now, you may not think in a day and age, you think, well, pastor, everybody knows that. No. You would be surprised how many believers today believe in the power of God, but don't depend on the power of God. See, we can believe in the power of God, but not depend on it. So I, I want to encourage you, the church that God honors is a church that realizes and, uh, and you've already been there. And all I'm begging you, just to continue depending on the power of God. Amen. How many references were in this service already about healing and, and the power of God working in people's lives? And uh, the church that God honors depends on the power of God. The early church depended on the power of God. Who in the world can get 3,000 souls saved? I don't care what you do. You can jump out of an airplane and land and walk with no parachute. You still won't get 3,000 saved. You can think of the most ingenious idea you can but it's not going to happen, amen? And uh, 3,000 souls are saved in one day because of one thing, the power of God. The power of God and the mercy of God upon people's lives. But um, the church was established. Matthew uh, 16, 18. What did Jesus say when he's starting to, to make a turn and establish a New Testament church? What did he say in Matthew 16, 18? He said, and the gates of hell shall not. What's it say, church? And the gates of hell shall not, shall not, shall not prevail against you. Amen. That means whatever hell sends your way, 
Amen. The church that God honors never has to worry about that. Praise the Lord. I've had a lot of devils come against me in my, in my ministry. Amen. Every, everyone does. You have a lot of devils coming after you in your walk with God, but they can't they cannot last and they cannot prosper. Amen. It may seem for a while that they're getting their way. Doesn't it seem like that? Have you ever sat back? There's been times sat back and said, God, why do you let these people get away with this stuff? Why do you let that guy? We have a neighbor of the church that just never, never, never leaves us alone. He's a, he's a pain in the neck, but I'll tell you what. And, uh, you know, but he just, I said, God, why do you, why do you even let him be there? And, uh, but anyway, uh, maybe it's to refine us. I don't know. But the book of Acts, it was, a, uh, it was a pattern for the book of Acts to experience the power of God. It's been a pattern for freedom life to experience the power of God. And I'm just begging you, let it continue to be the pattern. Let it continue. We've heard about healings today and, and God working in, in, in people's lives. Let it continue to be a pattern. Don't ever look at any obstacle as impossible. With God, all things are possible. Amen. And, and when a soul walks in that door, I don't care how hard they are. I don't care how they, they, can, they can sit there and laugh at the preaching of God's word, but God's going to save them. Amen. The power of God is powerful. It takes the most cynical mind and changes it. Amen. It takes the most hardened person and gives them a brand new heart. That's what the church is about. The church that God will continue to honor here at Freedom Life is the church that will continue to say, I can't save that drunkard. I can't save that drug addict. I can't save that hater uh, or that prejudiced person, but my God can. Amen. And we keep depending on the power of God, but we must depend only on divine power. There are all different type of powers we try in the church, but it's, and, 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 and the church must always, always be active in looking for ways to do things better. Absolutely. And uh, God's not against programs. Certainly not. But as long as you realize behind it all, it takes divine power to accomplish the results we're looking for. Can I hear an amen? Uh, I, I, I said to you earlier, I came into this church and I was brought into a prayer room. And uh, uh, now I, I got to the war room a couple seconds earlier because your pastor had to show Carol where the restroom was. And, and I looked in the window and boy, I saw a sight. I saw people praying in the prayer room. I saw them interceding. Let me tell you something. Very few places that happens. Very few places that happens. Don't ever stop that. That is one of the reasons God has had honor upon you. Say, keep it up. That God will honor that. I don't care if it's one person. I don't care. I think it was a gentleman in there. There's a gentleman holding a cane. He had a cane. I don't care who it is. God will honor that one prayer. Amen. And that's powerful. And the Bible does say where two or three are gathered in the name of the Lord, what happens? Amen. Great things will happen. God will honor a church that prays. So keep praying and give yourself an amen right now. Amen. Another way that God honors the church, God honors the church, uh, the church that God honors is a soul-winning agency. It's a soul-winning agency. The Great Commission is clear. When you look in verse 41, and those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day there were 3,000 souls added to them. Did it ever dawn on us? It took a while for for this passage to dawn on me. I would read that and say, thank God for the 3,000 souls. But then it hit me one day. The first thing I see there was not a healing line was nothing else. The first thing God did in the church was save souls. No wonder the Great Commission is there. 
And the church that God honors will always keep that as a focus. We're here to save souls. And I said it before and I'll say it again. There's some rough characters that walk in that door. I was telling your, 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 your pastor earlier, um, you know, I was preaching one Sunday and up in the balcony of our church, a guy started to scream at me and uh, he was a Muslim and he had his hand in his jacket and he said, uh, and, and no one touched me and no one got hurt. Well, I mean, you imagine the panic that goes through. And, uh, you know, so I, 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 I was very spiritual. I got very spiritual. I, at that time, I never owned a gun in my life. I got spiritual at that. I went to the gun store and bought a taser gun the next day and, and, and put a little safe in the pulpit. So I, maybe I didn't exercise much faith. I don't know. But, but um, look, <laughs> you'd be surprised who God sends in. Amen? You'd be surprised who God sends in. But every soul that walks on this ground is a potential to be another apostle Paul. Every one of your children are great potential for the kingdom of God. You may think freedom life only has to do with Milton, Pennsylvania. You have no idea. The next Billy Graham may be growing up in these seats. The next powerhouse for the kingdom. Isn't that an awesome thought? Sunday school teachers, you may be speaking to a little boy or a little young lady. That God has already set them apart even before they were born. And God says, I'm going to use them. And no weapon that formed against them will prosper. And you had a key in planting the seed. I grew up in a little tiny Assembly of God church in Philadelphia. My dad built it. And uh, the church never ran more than maybe 95 people. And, uh, but today there are close to 35 full-time ministers that came out of that church. And, uh, you know, so it's amazing what God can do. Amen. So, so just let's go forward, freedom life. Amen. Come on, let's go forward and be a soul winning church. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, freedom life is a growing church and let's continue it in second Peter three eighteen, God says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. We hear a lot today about church growth, but there's a certain way that God wants us to grow. He doesn't want freedom life just to grow in numbers. And the numbers are going to come even more. But that's, that's, he wants us to grow in grace. And then the freedom that only Jesus can give. We thank God that that's happening and it will continue to happen. Amen. And uh, Christ committed the task of winning souls to us. And, and uh, let freedom life continue to be a lighthouse. Can I say something to you? And, and please take this. And I've said this to our own congregation. I've been there 40 years. I still say it. I said, don't you ever as a congregation think you've had arrived. There's no landing strip in the church. Amen. No land. Can I, you hearing me? No landing strip. We never arrive. I'm going to tell you a secret that my own church don't even know. I turned 66 yesterday. I'm old now. See? But let me tell you something. I was telling your pastor, I have more of a vision now than I have when I was in my 20s. I'm not landing for nothing. I'll land when it's time to get in the casket. Amen. But no landing strip for this guy. Amen. We do not arrive. Amen. I, I pray to God if I wind up at a nursing home someday, that I'll be winning them to the Lord. Amen. Carol will be leading them in worship, and we'll be winning them to the Lord. Amen. So as a church, we never arrive. There's much more that needs to be done. Amen. Praise the Lord. Number four, let me give you another one. The church that God honors is a unified church. Unified church. 
You've come this far because of a thing called unity. It's powerful. Unity is one of the greatest weapons against Satan. If you can get people, believers, to stay together, believing together, encouraging one another, supporting one another, the devil cannot ever get a foothold. He'll try, but the church is powerful when it's together in unity. How many believe that? Look, in verses 42 through 47, I don't want to read the whole passage, but in verse 42 it says, And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And in verse 44 it says, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. Uh, now, verse 45, you may not be as, as comfortable with this one. Verse 45, And, uh, and sold their possessions and goods and, 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 and divided them among them all as anyone had need. <laughs> But the point it makes there is that the church that God honors is a church that is unified. You have been unified or you would have never made it for 10 years. Absolutely. Churches do not make it for 10 years with the same pastor. And it just doesn't happen. You don't arrive to this point without having a sense of unity in the church. When I walked in those doors, I felt unity with people that greeted us. You may think that's strange, but let me tell you something. And, and pastor, you've been in a lot of churches and evangelists. I've walked in churches where you can sense there was no unity. I've walked in churches where I didn't get greeted with one smile. Prayer room, war room, you got to be kidding me. Some of them look like they haven't prayed for 100 years. Some churches you can walk into and it's, let me tell you something, you can sense the stress. And I didn't feel that here. And hold on to that. Because God is going to honor a church that cares about being unified. Amen. 1 Corinthians 1.10. Paul, he pleaded with the church. The Corinthian church certainly wasn't a unified church. But he pleaded with the church. Uh, and uh, he said, now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus, that you all speak the same thing. That's interesting. He said to a troubled church, my prayer is that you all wind up speaking the same thing. We're not sure exactly what he meant by speaking the same thing, but that could be really looked at many different ways. But the fact was, he was saying that in my prayer is that you're going to arrive at the place where you'll be in unity. You'll do things together and watch what God will do. Unity comes, and this is important. Let me just read this. Unity comes when we as a congregation continue to turn our thoughts to Christ rather than on individual feelings. Many, many years ago, I, I, I just looked at that word unity. I thought to myself, you know what? Unity comes when we start putting our mind on Christ and not thinking about our individual feelings. You say, preacher, what do you mean by that? You know when a church enjoys unity is when people learn to do things that wouldn't have been their first choice to do. I, I must confess to you, there's a lot of things I've done in ministry I didn't feel like doing. But there was a need and I had to do it. See? And uh, I, I don't know, Pastor. Do you still do you still turn out lights in the church and 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 take up stuff toilets and all that? <laughs> Doesn't matter. You never arrive. There's a lot of things you got to do where you don't think of yourself and your own feelings, and that gives us unity. Galatians six ten. Paul refers to the church as our family in faith. The church is your family. First Corinthians six five. The church is compared to a brotherhood. 
And one of the things scripture teaches us that one of the things that creates unity in the church and has already happened in freedom life, and it will continue because God's going to continue to honor you and bless you. But loyalty, unity comes from loyalty. That means an unwavering commitment first to God and then to each other. There's power in unity, and yet there's power when we become loyal to one another. Loyal to one another. We don't let anyone shake our commitment to each other. We don't let anyone shake our commitment to a pastor and his wife. We're loyal. We're the family of God. The nature of the church is its unity as a family. Do you know there's 114 references to, uh, to individual churches, uh, to, to, uh, to a church in, 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 in the New Testament. Let me just tell you something. Do you know 93 of those times it's referring to a small group that was meeting either in a synagogue or a home or somewhere? The church of Jesus Christ was birthed in small groups. It was birthed in uh, small groups just becoming unified. Look, the, the 3,000 souls were saved on the day of Pentecost. But let's look back to t- the 10 days prior. They tarried in the upper room for 10 days. It didn't take 10 days for the Holy Spirit to arrive. It took 10 days for them to become unified. Where when the pouring out of the Holy Spirit came upon the church, they'd be able to handle it. So important. So uh, God's going to honor freedom life because you've been unified and you're you're going to continue to be unified. The church in a way, and and, and please understand this, the church in the way, in, in in, in a type of way, becomes our immediate family. I know we often think our immediate family is our blood relatives, and that's true. But in a sense, stretch stretch your thinking a little bit. You know, my immediate family is also the church I pastor. Where do I run when I need prayer? To the church. Where do I run? I I have brothers. My mom had all sons, and, and I have brothers. But, you know, I honestly don't run to them when I first need prayer. Because they're far away. They live states away. But, you know, you run to the church. When my children need uh, to be uh, raised and and teachers and Sunday school and teachers and children's ministers, where do I run? I run to the church. The church becomes my family. When when you fall on hard times, it's usually the church that's there to rescue and help you. Isn't that true? Amen? And, uh, you know, so the church, uh, look to the church as the family of God. And then let me just finish on this last one. The church that God honors has a growing vision. Oh, boy, vision is powerful. But you notice I put the word growing in there, a growing vision. For you to arrive at these 10 years, you've already had a vision. Now, the vision started with your pastor and his wife. The vision always starts with the leadership. They receive that vision from God, and then God expands that vision onto the people. See? And that's the way it works. And uh, they came here and planted the church because God placed a burden in their heart, the beginning of a vision. And, uh, you know, what is a vision? A vision is being able to see the future. See the future. Being able to see what God can do. 
And I saved this point to the last because I want to challenge you today. The church that God honors has a growing vision. Verse 47, look at the vision of the early church. After all the miracles and all of it, look, it says, they were praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. You know what? The, the greatest vision of a church I've ever seen was the early church. They had a growing vision. They didn't slow down. They moved out. And the church that honors God is going to have a growing vision. You've already had a vision. I can sense that. But we want it to keep growing. Can I hear an amen? And what does it take to grow? It grows a lot. It takes nourishment. It takes eyes that are willing to let God show you what he can do. See? Seeing what is not possible now, but seeing ahead. The book of Proverbs says, without a vision, the people, what? Perish. Oh, I like a church that knows the word. People perish. The Bible also says that when the Holy Spirit was poured out, Peter preached the first sermon and he said, this is that which was spoken by Joel and Joel too. He says, you know, that the young man is going to see vision. I often struggle with this. Now that I'm 66, I struggle because it also says the old man is going to dream dreams. I wonder, God, why you got, you know, I don't know. Can't we have a vision? Of course. But you know what? I kind of looked at that in my own way. In my own way. I'm not a theologian. In my own way, this is just me. Amen? I look at that and say, well, God, you know, you're renewing a vision to the young because the young have the strength. You know, I go slow upstairs now. When I was a little younger, I'd run up. Amen? The young have the vision, but the old know what God has already done. They have the dreams. They have the knowledge. And the old are to feed into the young and let them know, I saw what God can do the last 10 years. And by seeing what God has done the last 10 years, let me tell you, young person, I know what God can do in the next 20. Amen. So I just want you, would you stand with me for a moment before I turn it back to pastor? But, um, you know, I, I, you know, the church that God honors will have a growing vision. And I just want to leave this challenge to you. Uh, freedom life, you've had a vision. But let's stand and unite ourselves for a fresh, fresh vision. Now, remember I said vision is seeing ahead. I, I want to challenge you today. You've arrived at 10 years. And God's been good. And it's wonderful. But now let's change our direction. I mean, let's look ahead now. What do you believe in God to do the next 10 years? I I would challenge you to go home this week. When you leave this service this week, go home in your prayer time. And uh, because I know you're praying people. I can tell your spirit in here. Presence of God is here. And, and, uh, you know, when you pray, uh, when husband and wives are praying together, there would be nothing wrong for you to ask God. Say, God, give me a fresh vision for freedom life. What can I do personally? Personally, to see our church go forward in a greater way. Put yourself personally ready. And, and, and if you have to, I, I like to write things down. If, I, if you have to, start writing some things down. So write some things down that, you're, that you could do to make this church even greater. Just write them down. Say, maybe I, I, I could be, maybe I can get here and, and clean the, I don't know, the church is very clean, so I don't know. But, you know, whatever. I'm just mentioning things. Maybe I could do this. You know, maybe a vision is, you know what? I'm going to at least 
I'm going to at least talk to someone about Jesus once a week. See, you say, why not every day? Well, if, if, if people are not doing it at all, it's good, you know, one a day. If, amen. I often tell people, if you've never prayed before and you want to get used to praying every day, don't go into your prayer closet the first day you're trying and say, I'm going to pray an hour today. It's not going to work. See, start in little segments. Amen. I don't want to get into teaching. But anyway, um, but same thing with a vision. Just write down some things you know you could do. See? Now, don't run to your pastor right away and say, this is what God gave me to do. Just pray on that. Pray on that. Put it in prayer for a good month or longer. Think about it. And then what God will start to do, he'll start, if it's God's will, he's going to start hardening that vision in you. And, and you're going you're gonna to really, there's a fire that's going to start growing. See, see, and look, it'll happen. But I challenge you to find something more you can do than what you're doing. And also think, what more can I give? Oh, one point I left out is God honors the church it gives. Oh, man, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? God honors the church it gives. I, I was amazed here today. I, 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 I felt a little bad because I've never taken time to teach our church every time what an offering the way this, this great guy, the youth pastor, right? Yeah. He did a great job here today. He really laid it out. Amen. And, uh, and, and that's good. Amen. That's good because giving is so important. So we're going to be freedom life. God has honored you already. He's blessed you already, but we're going to move on and we're even going to do greater things. Catch the vision. Amen. Catch the vision. You can do more. You can give more. Amen. I know you can. And, uh, and God could show you great growth all around. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you, Lord, for freedom life. I thank you for this congregation, the spirit that I feel here. I thank you for the desire of prayer that's in this place, Lord. Lord, anyone that walks in here can sense your presence is here. It's evident. This is not a dead church. It's an alive church. And God, I pray right now a blessing on this church, Lord. I pray in the next 10 years, Lord, may they experience things they never dreamed they would experience. Because you're God Almighty and it's your power and it's your will and it's your desire for this church to move on and do even greater things I pray for the greatest anointing ever on, on the pastor and his wife and his family on every deacon on every leader on every teacher on everyone that does something in this church God even those that clean the church may they feel the anointing of God when they're cleaning the church may the power of God come upon them I pray for the war room may the Holy Spirit fall on them as they pray God and I pray, Lord Jesus, all across this area, let people be drawn here. God, bring in the hurting. This church is a hospital, Lord. This altar is an emergency room. And I pray, God, bring them in in any condition, God. And I know, I know, Lord, you can depend on freedom, life, to love them and lead them to you. In Jesus' name, we pray that and believe it. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Pastor, for allowing us to be part of this. You have blessed me by inviting us. And Carol and I love this so much. God bless you.